morning. Let's see if I can figure this out. Do I just push play on the keynote? Ah, yes, I got it. Who liked that video? <laughs> I like actually just started tearing up over there at the the message. I mean, it's because it's just so dang adorable, but also just like the message and the reminder. I think that's such a, a sweet depiction of God's plan to send his son. I love seeing Christmas through the eyes of children. There's so much wonder and excitement and so much simplicity, yet some really so profound truths. I love that line in the video where he says, when the prince is done, nothing will get between the people and my love. Wow, what a promise. Hasn't it been such a great journey going through the last, the, for the last few weeks, going through the names found in Isaiah 9 of Jesus? I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to everyone's messages this Advent season. And I'm excited to be up here sharing with you about the next one, the final one, Prince of Peace. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. First of all, it's important to understand what is meant by peace in this context. I'm sure that we're all familiar with the word shalom, but do we know the depth of what it means? What does Isaiah mean when he foretells of this prince and what will this peace look like that there will be no end of? Well, let's start here. Shalom is a Hebrew word. and it's The meaning of it is peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility. As you can say, see, it's a very all-encompassing word. Notice that it's not just peace as we may see it today, like the absence of war or a state of calm. It's actually a state of being whole and complete. This is the peace that Jesus was foretold to bring. This is the peace that Jesus brought, and this is the peace that Jesus still gives. The promise of peace, the promise of a prince of peace was significant sign of hope in Isaiah's time. Isaiah's message of a coming son who would bear the name Prince of Peace came at a time of great turmoil both morally and politically. There was the looming fear that the southern kingdom of Judah would suffer the same fate as the northern kingdom which was the invasion of the Assyrians ending in the fall of Israel. As history and scripture tells us this was not the fate of Judah. In fact, they were taken into captivity by the Babylonians instead, which took its toll on this hope that they had for this Prince of Peace that was promised. If we consider the disparity of the Jews at this time, it doesn't take very long for us to conclude that the Prince of Peace would have been a very welcome guest, but one that they would have to wait a very, very long time for. Now, fast forward the arrival of Jesus several hundred years later, and this was also a time of political and religious upheaval. 
the long-awaited Messiah, showed up at a time when the people of God, the Jews, were desperately trying to keep their religion and culture alive. After going into exile at the hands of the Babylonians, as I mentioned, and losing their homes and their temple, basically everything they had, they were a people who largely lost who they were. It wasn't until the return, their return from captivity and the rebuilding of the temple around 70 years later that they were able to start finding who they were again. This is what prompted the intense study of the Torah and bringing the building of extra laws around the law in order to keep themselves from the devastation that had fallen on them years prior due to their unwillingness to turn their hearts back to the Lord. And we often give the Pharisees a really hard time, but they are actually just a product of years and years of trying to keep the law from being broken again, which is an interesting perspective. Now, the political situation of Jesus' time of entry into the world was that of Roman rule. The Roman period lasted around 200 years, and Jesus was born right in the middle of it. Jesus' arrival at this time was significant because the people of God were once again being oppressed and were living in fear of losing themselves again. In fact, when Jesus was a boy, he likely would have heard about revolts taking place by other Jewish people against the Roman authorities, that of which were crushed very severely. The Roman Empire was not a friendly place to be, not a peaceful place to be. Jesus was born into and grew up in this time that desperately still was in need of peace. Now, now that we got all the history part behind us a little bit, we don't have to spend very much time discussing the lack of peace in our day. Since it's all over the news and maybe even in our own homes. But it's important that we name some of the things, some of these things so that we know our need for Jesus more fully. We have broken relationships, bullying, racial injustice, prejudice, wars, and an epidemic of depression and anxiety, just to name a few. You don't need to look far to see that we're still desperately in need of a Prince of Peace. <laughs> Although most would agree with this sentiment, the world and often us too turn to quick fixes instead of to Jesus. One example is essential oils. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on essential oils. For those of you who are like, I like them. I actually quite enjoy a number of them. There's one in particular that I have that's called Peace and Calming. <laughs> it's designed to, you guessed it, keep you calm. I actually put it on myself quite often because it smells really good. You'll often find me smelling like it but it can't bring me peace. It can't make me whole or complete. That's just one example of the many, many ways in which we've tried to boil down and bottle up peace for when we need it most. 
There are many other really good and healthy things that we can have in our lives to help enhance our well-being and to help us cope with anxiety, but none of them will bring us completeness or wholeness and a true sense of peace or shalom. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now, would you look at that? Even Jesus himself tells us that he gives us something different than what the world gives us. Jesus also says in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tri tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He then proceeds in chapter 17 of John to pray for his, not only for his disciples, but also for those who will believe in him through his disciples' word. Us. He prays for us. 2,000 years ago, Jesus prayed for us specifically. You read John 17. You read through this long prayer, and he prays for people who will know him down the road. That's us. He prays that we might be one with the Father. And how much do we all want that? We can have this peace. It's for us. So, Jesus offers us this peace, but how do we receive it? And how do we truly let it saturate our lives, our minds, our hearts, and our relationships? It's simple. We invite Jesus into your life. You invite Jesus into your life and spend time getting to know him and read his word, the Bible. But it's also hard. <laughs> because even once we've done the easy part of inviting him in and getting to know him, we need to recognize the need to rid our days from the distractions that are taking our focus off of the Prince of Peace. The same distractions that might even be, dare I say, causing us our lack of peace. I and a few others in the church just finished reading the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I highly, highly recommend it to everybody in this room. It's by John Mark Comer, and it's, it's so good. <laughs> I was humbled by the amount of things in my life that take my attention away from Jesus, the giver of said life. These distractions taint my love, my joy, and my peace. And, I've been, and as I've been more intentional about implementing certain spiritual disciplines in my life and removing other not-so-spiritual disciplines, such as binge-watching Netflix or scrolling social media for an embarrassing amount of time, I've embraced a peace that I forgot I have access to. Now, I'm still learning, but isn't that what it's all about? Learning and growing and finding rhythms in our lives with our Savior, our Prince of Peace. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. This gift of peace is for us. May you receive and experience this peace this Christmas season.